Good evening. Well, that song, uh, um, some incredibly powerful lyrics, huh? Um, ended like this, saying that the blood of Christ is our victory. And um, tonight, what we want to do is we want to we want to pause long enough to remember the the road of the cross. Um, tonight, we want to pause long enough to remember the fact that. That you and I, we receive, um, we receive our victory. We receive, we experience a, a victory that's like no other through Jesus Christ. Uh, tonight, our desire is this: is that we would walk out and, and we would be able to have been so impacted at a heart level um, by the greatness of the cross of Jesus Christ. That at a heart level, the death of Jesus Christ would um, would really impact us tonight. Um, it would allow us to have this gratitude that would really well up with inside of our hearts. And so that's our, that's our heart. That's really, um, that's really where we're headed tonight and, and where, we, where we want to, to be when we leave this place. And so on that note, would you just pray with me and let's ask God. I believe he'll answer this kind of a prayer to him. And let's ask him if he would just guide us really tonight. So would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for tonight and um, thank you for gathering us in this place to to remember an event that changed everything. And so, Lord, tonight we just have a very simple prayer, and it's this. It's that our hearts would connect to you, that our hearts would connect profoundly to the mystery of Christ, to the cross of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, I pray that you would take that gratitude inside of our hearts to to new heights even tonight, Lord. That's our cry. And so would you just have a simple prayer with the Lord right now? Would you say, Lord, I've come tonight, I've taken a time out in my schedule, and Lord, now I'm saying to you, would the gratitude for my Savior, would it increase tonight? So would you ask the Lord, would the gratitude of you, Lord, would that increase in my heart tonight? Go ahead and just have that kind of prayer with the Lord. Lord, that's our prayer tonight. You are so worthy, so worthy. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Well, let me ask you a question. Have you have ever had um, someone do something for you that was so incredibly significant that it caused you to have this, this sense of what we're talking about, this sense of overwhelming gratitude, that you didn't leave the experience or the action that took place, you didn't leave it in say, saying, oh, hey, thanks so much. That wasn't even close to enough. You were, you were overwhelmed with such gratitude because in that moment, somebody had maybe provided for you in a way that you desperately needed. They didn't just, you know, come through in a small way, but you found yourself in a place of desperate need, and then that's where they met you, and it left you overwhelmed. For almost 10 years, <clears throat> there was a reality show on TV called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. You might remember this show. The show captured a level of gratitude that was rarely seen. Uh, just watching this show made manly men cry, right? I remember watching the show a couple of times and walking into the kitchen and saying to Christina, man, I'm, I'm crying again because of this show. You know, what's wrong with me, you know? But in each episode, the cast led by Ty Pennington, you know, that high energy kind of crazy hair guy, they would feature a, a family in each episode, a family that had just experienced a, an incredible tragedy oftentimes. Uh, maybe it was a natural disaster or, or maybe it was more of an ongoing hardship that the family was facing, like a, you know, a terminal illness or something like that. 
but they were always feature a family that was in, in desperate need, a family that, that, that something big needed to happen for them to have a sense of, of renewed hope. And in a matter of days, as you know how the show goes, they would construct an amazing home for these families. And, and then in the last minutes of the show, it was kind of the climax of the show, they showed these families responding to this new home for the very first time. And, and Ty would stand there with this crowd from the city, and there would usually be a big bus parked right in front of the people so they couldn't see the house. And then Ty would scream into a megaphone. He would scream, move that bus, and the bus would pull away. And then you would see these people react as they saw their new home for the very first time. Without exception, you would see these families overwhelmed with gratitude. They didn't simply just say, hey, Ty, thanks for the house. No, it wasn't, wasn't even close. No. They were overwhelmed because they'd received something that met them in a place of desperate need. They'd received in a place of desperate need for themselves. One person put it like this, describing gratitude. Gratitude is the inward feeling of kindness received. Gratitude is the inward feeling of kindness received. The reason why I like this quote is, this quote is because it, it causes us to have to be in an action of receiving. It causes us to, in order to receive gratitude at the right level, in order for us to, to really take it in at a heart level, we have to really pause. We have to really let the action really weigh on us. It has to really impact our hearts. Today is known as Good Friday. And it's known as Good Friday because of the life and the suffering of Jesus Christ and it's because of that that we've received a kindness from God. We've received a huge kindness from God. It meets our deepest need, and it causes us to be nothing short of overwhelmed with gratitude tonight. Just imagine for a second the joy. Imagine for a second the smile on the face of God when he sees you and I, not just saying, oh, it's Easter, God, oh, it's Good Friday, Lord, thanks for the cross. But imagine the joy, imagine the smile on the face of God when he sees us elated, when he sees us receiving, remembering what he did for us on the cross, and when he sees us not just passively, oh, thank you, but overwhelmed with gratitude. Tonight, our desire, tonight, our prayer, tonight, our entire reason for gathering here is to reflect on the sacrifice of Christ. It's to get us in a place where we could say as we leave here tonight, I am freshly overwhelmed with gratitude. To the deepest core of my being, we want to be moved. We want to be overwhelmed with gratitude for the high price that Jesus Christ paid. Easter Sunday is coming. It's going to be great. It's a day when we are going to joyfully celebrate what Jesus Christ had provided for us, what he proved, that he proved himself to be God after being crucified and rising from the dead three days later. We're going to celebrate that with zeal. But tonight, tonight we just slow down. Tonight we pause long enough to reflect on what really happened 2,000 years ago on the cross. Tonight, we pause long enough to let our gratitude for Jesus Christ just well up from within us. I know there have been times, and I don't know if this is true of you or not, but there have been times when I've approached a holiday, a major holiday like Easter, and in the midst of it all, in the midst of the busyness, I've found myself feeling unprepared. 
And I've had this thought go through my mind. I've thought, you know what, I'm just really not here. I mean, the holiday's here, but I'm not quite there yet. I'm not really prepared. I'm not really, my heart's not in the right place to really celebrate the magnitude of what's going on. The house might be ready, whatever's happening, you know, things are in line for the weekend, but my heart isn't quite there yet. Two women, two sisters that we read about in the New Testament, they they had an experience with Jesus that I'm often reminded of. It was one of those stories that helps me remember where to get my heart. It helps me remember what's most important. It, it helps me remember that, that there are certain things that are the most important when everything else is still vying for my attention and for your attention. This story helps me remember that it's, the key is to having my heart filled with gratitude. In this story, we find Jesus, he's accompanied by his disciples, and they're traveling from, from village to village, and, and then they come to the, this home of a woman named Martha, and Martha, graciously, she opens up her home to them. She hosts Jesus. She hosts him and his disciples, and, and that would have been no small undertaking, but after opening up her home, we find Martha, she's still hurrying around the house, right? She's still entertaining and, and really working hard to make that all happen, and And while her sister, though, is doing the exact opposite, we find her sister is simply sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she's savoring his presence. It says that Martha, what was she? She was distracted by all the preparations that needed to be made. Have you ever felt that way? And then Martha, she notices that Mary is just hanging out with Jesus, and it bugs her. And so she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Tell her to help me. And Jesus simply says, he doesn't rebuke her for being bossy in that moment. I think he should have, but Jesus simply says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and you are upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better. I can be honest, it's so encouraging to see so many people here tonight because in the midst of your schedule, what you're saying is this, you're saying in a sense, tonight I'm choosing what is best. Tonight, I'm choosing just to sit at the feet of Jesus, and I'm just choosing to soak him in and reflect on him and get my heart filled up. We're saying to ourselves tonight, oh, Jesus, thank you for enduring the cross. We're taking a time out, and we're doing that. In preparation for tonight, I was looking at the different narratives depicting the the cross of Christ and some other passages, and there was one statement that really stuck out to me, one statement that really grabbed my heart. It was something that Jesus said in the book of John chapter 10, Verse 18, Jesus said that no one can take my life from me. No one. No one can take my life from me. I lay it down. And then this was the word that got me, voluntarily. Jesus voluntarily, willingly, he went through the sufferings of the cross for you and I. You know, when we think about the cross tonight, we must remember that this wasn't just any man on the cross This was the creator of the wood that made the cross. This was the creator of the ground in which the cross went into. This was the creator of all things. This man was the son of God, and he could have said no to it all. He could have said no to the sufferings of the cross, but he didn't. It says he voluntarily, he willingly endured the pain of the cross. He did it because he knew He did it because he knew that there was no other way for the sin of mankind to be paid for. He knew that it would only be paid for through the perfect, holy Son of God shedding his blood on a cross. 
you and I would not have the option to receive the overwhelming benefits of the cross had Jesus not voluntarily gone to it. Referring back to the Old Testament practice of, of offering a sacrifice to deal with people's sin, the writer of Hebrews put it like this, referring to the Old Testament sacrifices. Verse 3, this chapter says this, it says, but, but those sacrifices are an annual reminder of sins. It is impossible for the beard is the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Verse 5, therefore, and this is, this is a game changer. This word marks a new day, a new reality for you and I. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire. He's talking to God the Father. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, this Jesus is speaking here, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll, I have come to do your will, my God. That is an amazing statement being made by the creator of the universe. The creator, in a sense, he's saying, the creator, I, the creator, am going to be a sacrifice for my creation. In the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 53, we see this incredible picture of Jesus Christ. These words come 700 years before Jesus would come to earth. Look at this picture with me. Verse 4, chapter 53. It says, Surely he took, on, he took up our pain and he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. Punished by God, meaning that, that when Jesus was on the cross, there were people who thought that this man is wrong and God is finally punishing this blasphemy for all the things that he's done wrong. All the things that he deserves. Verse 5, but he was pierced, it says, speaking of the crucifixion. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was upon him brought us peace. And by his wounds we are healed. If you're here tonight and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you've experienced the joy and the peace of doing life with him, you've, you're, you're in that category of by his wounds we are healed. That's you. That, that's me. By his wounds we are healed. Verse 6 says that we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Iniquity meaning the Lord has laid on Jesus Christ this gross injustice, this, this, this wickedness for our sin. Meaning that the wrath of God, where did it end up? It ended up square on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. No other place. It had to. Verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Key statement. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Aren't you glad that Jesus didn't open his mouth? What if he would have said, enough is enough. Done. I don't want to go through it. But he didn't. We know that Jesus didn't desire the cross. In the Garden of Gethsemane, what did he do? He cried out to his father, and he said, Father, if you were willing, take this cup from me. I don't want to go through it. But then he said, yet not my will, but your will be done. The passage says that he was led like a lamb. It's this picture of innocence. It's this picture of this not guilty, committing no sin. First Peter chapter 2, verse 22 says, he committed no sin. 
there was, get this, no deceit found in him. Although he was innocent, though, he was given a felon's grave. Isaiah 53 verse 10 says that it was the Lord's will to crush him, to cause him to suffer. Verse 12, it says, for he bore the sin of many and he made intercession for the transgressors. One scholar put it like this, it says that God treated Jesus like he committed all of our sins so that he could treat you as if you never sinned. I tell you what, what a reason to be overwhelmed. What a reason to be overwhelmed with gratitude. The cross was brutal. Words can't describe the level of torture that Jesus went through. Words can't describe it. Let me read this to you. This is from the book of Matthew, chapter 27. It says, Then the the governor's soldiers, they took Jesus into the paratorium, and they gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. Imagine that scene. This is the creator of the universe gathered around him are soldiers. It says that they stripped him, and they put a scarlet robe on him. They were mocking him. And they twisted together a crown of thorns and they set it on his head and then they, they put a staff in his, in his right hand and they knelt in front of him and they mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and they took the staff and they struck him in the head again and again. And after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and they put on his clothes. They're playing dress up with Jesus. Mockery. And then they led him away and they crucified him. And then on the cross, it says this, it says, from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, darkness came over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, Jesus bore the wrath of God, and he did it for you, and he did it for me. He demonstrated grace. He demonstrated grace that we don't deserve. But in our case, in mankind's case, it was grace that is so desperately needed. And it's because it's so desperately needed that to the core of our being, we are so incredibly grateful. It's better than the sight of a new house by far. It brings us overwhelming joy tonight when we say, wow, we think about, we, we kind of sit in the reality of the cross of Christ. It causes us to do this. It causes us to cry out and say, thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for the cross. Rob's going to come now. He's going to direct us through some stations. And um, let's do this, though, before, kind of as he comes, let's just pray and let's just say to the Lord, thank you for the cross. So would you pray with me? Jesus, we just want to say to you tonight, we want to be overwhelmed. We're we're inviting you to overwhelm our hearts with gratitude tonight, Lord, because you are so incredibly worthy. And so, Lord, we pray now as we kind of have some experiences around the room and as we take communion, Lord, we pray just that the weight of the cross, that the joy of the cross would land heavy on us tonight, Lord. And that we would walk out overwhelmed by gratitude because of who you are. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.